my smartest career and money move was? When I started speaking up 100%. Like, like when I stopped being afraid to ask for what it is that I wanted, but I knew that was mine. So tell me about that day that you decided to speak up. Well, you know, I was in HR for over 10 years and anybody has worked in HR, you already know how that goes. It got to a point where I was just tired of seeing all of the results that I brought for it, seeing I'm doing great work and like something just almost snapped at me, right? Not snapped in a bad way, but it was like, hold on. And so I remember being at work and I was like, you know what? It's time to stop being afraid. It's time to ask for what it is that you know that you want and need. And so I went in there and and I asked for a raise and I, I received a large raise. And I think from that point on, I was, first of all, I thought about why have I been waiting so long? <laughs> but number two, this is something that I say all the time is that you don't get the things that you deserve. You get the things you ask for. And so I think at that moment, it just changed the whole game for me. Welcome to Smart Career and Money Moves, a podcast for professionals seeking fulfillment and purpose in their careers. Each week, we will sit down with experts and trailblazers to discuss the ups and downs of finding and following your passions, whether it's through climbing the corporate ladder, starting a business, or launching a side hustle. So let's get into the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody for joining Today is officially the launch of my podcast, and I'm like doing this off the cuff. I have some episodes ready to drop, and I'm like, I'm getting on tonight with Alicia. Let's do it. So let's talk about the podcast real quick. Usually what we do on the Smart Career Money Moves podcast is I sit down with experts and trailblazers. We're talking about the ups and downs of careers, finding fulfillment, finding your passion, And some people are trying to do it through climbing the corporate ladder. Maybe you want to start a business. Maybe you want to launch that side hustle that you've been dreaming about. And in short, my guests, they are sharing the cheat codes to career success and to amplifying your financial situation. So it's only natural that I pull in some of my career coach friends. I've been trying to figure out how to collaborate with some of the dope, dope people that I've, you know, only met in passing in LinkedIn on LinkedIn. So today I have something special to kick off the launch of the podcast. I'm hosting Miss Alicia Perkins. I know you've seen some of her no-nonsense LinkedIn posts floating around (laughs) the streets. She is a career and professional development coach. She's on a mission to empower you high-performing leaders out there to be your best self. And I know she's going to snatch edges, get you all the way together tonight. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Hey, y'all. Hey. And so as we going through, you know, having our our quick chat about a couple different topics I have uh, prepared and questions and things that I have for Alicia, drop your comments. I see Tisha. I see Abdul. So go ahead and let us know when you pop in, drop your comments, drop your questions so that we can interact with you guys live. That's what this is all about. So the first thing we're going to do, Alicia, as I start the podcast, I need you to finish the sentence. My smartest career and money move was? When I started speaking up, 100%. Like like when I stopped being afraid to ask for what it is, not only that I wanted, but I knew that was mine. So tell me about that day that you decided to speak up. Well, you know, I was in HR for over 10 years. And, you know, if anybody has worked in HR, you already know how that goes. 
it got to a point where I was just tired of seeing all of the results that I brought forth. You know, I'm, I'm saying I'm doing great work and like something just like almost snapped at me, right? Not snapped in a bad way, but it was like, hold on. And so I remember being at work and I was like, you know what? It's time to stop being afraid. It's time to ask for what it is that you know that you want and need. And so I went in there and and I asked for a raise and I, I received a large raise. And I think from that point on, I was, first of all, I thought about, why have I been waiting so long? <laughs> but number two, this is something that I say all the time is that you don't get the things that you deserve. You get the things you ask for. And so I think at that moment, it just changed the whole game for me. So you talked about a topic that people are deathly afraid of. So how did you know? How did you know, like, I know I need a raise and like, unless I do something about it, I'll just be staying where I am. I think you just get to the point to where, you know, you get tired of seeing the people who work right on the side of you. I'm seeing them advance. I'm seeing them get things that I know that I should have had a long time ago. And I think it just got to the point where I started to say, you know what? All of this fear in my mind, all of these thoughts, and I stopped trying to base my life based upon the thoughts that I thought, you know, because a lot of times, a lot of the fears that we have are not even real. They are just things that we think, right? And so I was like, you know what? Let me just see how this is going to go. And I think from that point on, for one, it, it really taught me to like, yes, I do think you need to acknowledge how you feel. But I also think that you need to not let every feeling that you feel be a fact. And a lot of the feelings I felt was, um, if I ask for that, if I ask for this, automatically thinking that, you know, the word no was the word I was going to hear. And I think at that time and point, it made me also realize was that my boss saw me doing great things also, right? And so it's like, how long have you been sitting back, seeing me do amazing work, but not allow me to have that raise? And so I think at that moment, it just changed. Wow. So one of my favorite podcasters and friend in my head, Miley Teal, that's one of her famous quotes is like, feelings are not facts. They are not facts. They're just something that, you know, we've we don't know what to do with the information. So we're like, uh, I guess it must be truth. But so you started in recruiting and there was a feeling that you did turn into a fact though. That When did you get that feeling? Take me to that moment where you said, I'm going to exit corporate and I'm going to start my own business, become that career coach and help people do the things that I know I never had. So the crazy thing was I never had a desire to own my own anything. When I first started this, it definitely was like a side hustle. I'm like, you know what? I have all of these years of experience. And so I was thinking about a way that I was able to make some little some side cash and use all of the expertise that I had uh, learned over the years. And so I was like, I'm going to do this as a side hustle. Well, little did I know that, first of all, the expertise that we have is the expertise that so many people need, you know, when it comes to you having to find a job, when it comes, you know, just to having to even know what it looks like to advance in your career. A lot of people don't know what that is, right? And so I did not realize how many people needed the expertise. And then it's like, as soon as I started doing this side hustle, it blew up. I mean, it literally blew up. And so I got to the point, I was like, okay, I need I'm like, this This shouldn't be a side hustle, right? And so, but I definitely did not start out with the mindset of, I'm, I'm going to have this, this great full-time thing. Not at all. It's just something that just kind of just turned into that. So what made you take that first client though, right? Before you blew up, you know, when you, it was just a side hustle for you. Like you said something that was very important because a lot of times we have these skills 
and we don't think anything of it. So when did you realize that like, I know how to do something that other people need help with? Well, it wasn't actually me. Because like I said, I got an itch to have a side hustle done. I had like two other ideas that completely flopped. And so one day my husband, I was talking to my husband and he was like, he said, you probably should do something that you already know how to do. At the, my first thought was, no, I don't want to do that. Because I guess when HR, I had a lot of bad experiences and I started to kind of feel a certain way about it. And so, you know, but I did not realize those emotions came from the environment I was in and not the expertise that I had. And so he was like, look, he started showing me I had all, all this experience. And I was like, okay, well, fine. So I really... When I first started out, it wasn't an excitement. It was like, okay, I just need to see if this is going to work. And then it did work. And so I guess from that point on, I started to find myself, you know, excited about it. But it, that's not how it first started out at all. Okay. Kudos to you for, you know, pushing through that fear, pushing through the unknown. Because usually, usually <laughs> we're, we're like the bomb at something. And I'm glad you said that. You were our, you were really good at it. You didn't really think anything of it. And then it takes your husband, it takes somebody from the outside looking in to kind of- From the outside. Yeah, to give you that boost. And a lot of times that was, that's what we do as career coaches, right? Our clients- Absolutely. They already have the stuff <laughs> most of the time. You know what I mean? They just need somebody. They need that cheerleader. They need somebody to confirm that like, no, you got it. So tell me about the high performing leaders. Like- where are they struggling? Why are they struggling with showing up as their best selves? You know what? And it's funny because when I first started out as a coach, I did not necessarily know that I wanted to coach high performers. It just came throughout me being able to serve. I started realizing like those are the people who had my heart because they reminded me so much of myself. And so when you're talking about a high performer, you're talking about somebody that is going to exceed expectations. This is somebody who's going to go above and beyond, right? And so, but a lot of times with that, it comes with them having to just overwork themselves. It comes with them being in this constant state of feeling like they have to always prove themselves to everybody. And then in return, it causes them to really have a low view of themselves. And so that's why these high performers have my heart because, you know, they are always in their head thinking that they don't have enough, but they always have more than enough. And so when I'm having to coach my clients, it's me and them and I'm helping them to really dig deep and really get past those actual mindset blocks. So they're able to see the value that's there. What's one of your favorite mindset blocks to help people move through? Like what's something that's that commonly comes up? for you and your clients? Kind of like what I just said, like that feeling like I don't have enough, right? And that use that leads to them feeling like they always got to go back to school or they always have to find some kind of class online and take. They're in this, in this rat race to keep adding. And so one of the things that I help them do is I help them to sit down and I sit down with them and we go through all of their achievements, all of their work tasks, everything. And we deep dive into each one of them. And I show them not just the result of it, but I show them how that result, it really helped the overall. And so them being able to really deep dive into that skill set, one, it helps them to be able to identify this skill set because a lot of people know the tasks they do, but they don't know the skills that they have, which is two separate things. And so two different things, right? And so me being able to help them to identify what that skill set is and also show them how valuable that actual skill set is, it, it's a complete shift. Love that. 
I mean, you're so right. It's weaving in the whole imposter syndrome. You know, you're the bomb, but you still think, you know, you're not good enough. So thanks for sharing that. I want to get into some of the fire posts that you've put up recently, things that caught my attention. <laughs> so let's do And it. I don't have dates here. <laughs> I don't have dates. It's okay. But just recently you posted your transformation is in being challenged, not being coddled. And I said, ooh, honey, child, baby. <laughs> Tell us about that. What was the inspiration behind that post? Who were you talking to? And, and what do we need to receive from that message? Yeah, so I actually found like, because uh, in that post, I share like an actual screenshot of, it, it was some quote I saw online. And so, and in that quote, it started to talk about how that guy is hired for his expertise and he's hired because he started to say how his views are not the same, right? And so in it's fine because I think a lot of times people, especially ones who may want to find a coach, they always tend to want to find the one that makes them feel the most comfortable or they want to find the one that kind of looks like them. But in reality, that's not what you need. <laughs> you know, it's best to find somebody who doesn't necessarily think like you because people don't realize what allows you to change is being able to see what is it like a different side of something, right? And so I myself in my own life have, have, have seen it over and over again. The times whenever I was able to do the opposite of, of the things that I felt, that's when I was able to see true change. And so I had that post out there because everybody keeps saying they want something else, right? Everybody keeps saying that they have this huge desire to change, but they don't want to hear the things that they should hear. And I tell people the very thing that you want is on the other side of the thing that you don't want to hear. And so... Yeah, it's that comfort zone. I still don't really know how to, I just don't understand wanting something, saying you want something over and over and over again, but you won't move. You won't get up. You won't do the thing that like, they always know what they need to do. Nine times 10, they know exactly what they need to do, but they don't have it in them to like make the move. How do you coach people through yeah, that feeling of being stuck. That feeling right? of being stuck. Right, because people say, oh, I'm stuck. I'm like, you stuck because, like you were saying, you know what you need to do, but you don't want to do it. And so how I help my clients is I first get clear on what is the actual goal? Like, what is your why? You know, and I think people being able to identify what that why is and what are their goals, it gives you something else to focus on. But if there's no why... If there's no other goal, all you see is the fear. It's almost like all you see is the excuses as to why that won't work. But once you get your mind on, hey, this is my goal, right? For instance, with, with, with a lot of my clients that I work with, you know, I always hear them say that I need to spend more time with my family, right? Because they find themselves in a job where they're having to work all these long hours. And so I tell them, hey, that reason, that goal, that why needs to stay in the forefront of your mind. You know what I'm saying? So when things are getting hard, you can remember I'm doing this for that. And so how I help my clients to really move past that is to help them first to identify what is that goal. And then also, I think it's important for people to know, like, what is it actually costing you? You know what I'm saying? Like, to just stay the same. And I don't think people realize what they lose out on when they don't want to make the change. So, Love that. 
Here's the cheat code to making a career pivot or to getting promoted. First, you need the skills to do the job or the ability to learn how to. Second, you have to be able to market and sell yourself as the best candidate for the job. I created the Career Brand Accelerator as a professional development program to help you become a master at marketing and selling your skills so that you will always have the tools you need to make a career change. Because let's be honest, it's easy to get a new degree or certification or even to revamp your resume, but nothing quite prepares you for establishing your brand and for finding out what makes you unique so that you can stand out from the other job candidates in today's competitive job market. I have good news for you. You don't have to navigate your career on your own. Visit thecareerbrandaccelerator.com to learn more about how to pivot into your next role and how to level up your career without new degrees and certifications and without applying for tons of jobs online. Your next post is kind of controversial because they're the post that's just been flying around the internet, you know, getting millions of likes. And I should have it in front of me, but what is it? Hire for character, train, train for everything else or something like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but, but your post yeah, said that the hire for character posts that you keep seeing are garbage. <laughs> and that's a direct quote. Garbage. <laughs> Tell me about that. Why is it garbage? So for one, right, I do, I really think on these apps that people don't post stuff to help people. I think they post stuff so they can just get a whole bunch of likes. Right. And I think a lot of the advice, especially a lot of the advice around, you know, your job search, things like that. I think people just post what they think other people would love to hear. But it's like I just said, a lot of the change that you want is on the other side of the things that you don't want to hear. And so I think this this information is not it does not prepare people to be able to be successful in the current job space that we're in. You know, the last three years, things have completely changed. And so when people just have a desire to hear, oh, you should only hire them, you know what I'm saying? Because they're nice and things of that sort. It gives people a false expectation as if they really think that they are able to find a job just based on that alone. Now, I'm not saying that that's not important, but you know, you will have to be able to have more than just that. And so I think it and keep people in this slump of them not having a desire to put forth the work because these days to find a job, it is work. And I think it keeps them in this safe place and it doesn't really allow them to see the space that we're in and the work that it is going to take. And it was kind of like, well, but I said it in the post. It's not fair to the other people who have done the work, who have did what they needed to do. And for the other person to say, oh, just hire me because I'm a nice person. It just doesn't work like that. And and it really sets false just, you know, it's just not real. Yeah, (laughs) I agree with that. Because I've posted something similar. I I think I reposted it last week, actually, that companies are hiring all wrong. But I do think it's two sides of the coin. When they give that advice that like, oh, just hire me for my character. You're right. From the job seeker perspective, it's like there is no free lunch. No, they're not just going to hire you for your character. But I've been in a lot of rooms with hiring managers on interview panels And there is an aspect to it where they're looking for the wrong things. (laughs) So it's kind of like, you know, both sides are in this weird, not really dealing with the reality of what's on the ground. 
I think you do have to show up, right? You have to know enough about what they need. But I do think that sometimes inexperienced managers and inexperienced people on interview panels, they're looking for, you know, exactly what the job description says sometimes. And it's like, as a hiring manager and as a recruiter, you have to be able to read between the lines, right? You have to be able to judge, can this person figure it out? Like for me, that's always been my big thing. Like if I give you a problem, do I think you can claw your way out of this, out of this barrel? Okay. Cause it's going to be a barrel every day. So thanks for sharing that. Cause I agree with you that it might be coddling people. <laughs> Because the reality is, is that, you know, just even through the interview process, you really can't judge somebody's, you know, character. I mean, it's just, it's impossible. And I think it leaves a lot of room for just biases and, and, and all kind of stuff. And so I do think it's important, but I do think at the end of the day, I think, you know, the reason why you choose somebody should be based upon the expertise, because if there are certain character traits that you want in mind and it's not even in the job ad it's almost like you're just trying to sit back and judge who you think is the best fit which is a whole nother live stream but yeah it just leaves room for just you know biases it, it does i have always said that hiring is a feeling and i mean what do you think about that because it can lead to some biases i mean is that just the reality of the whole thing and we just need to accept it or what do you think no, no, I think it is because, you know, I did hiring for over 10 years and I always say that people do hire people that they like. And that's just the truth that people don't want to hear. I think the thing it is, is just like, what is it that they like? You know what I mean? And so at the end of the day, they need somebody to solve X, Y, and Z, right? So if you're able to go into the interview and lead with your expertise and show them the value that, that you have and show them how the skill that you need solves a problem that they have, I think that you should always lead with that. But I mean, it's, it is a very unfair world that we're in. And I tell people, if there was ever a case that there was somebody who chose to not hire you on something as far as your, as your sex or your age or anything like that, then you dodged a bullet, yeah. so. Because <laughs> they weren't going to like you yeah. anyway. Anyway, you know, with so many clients, they've been afraid to have their face shown on their page and they're thinking, oh, you know, because I'm afraid that, you know, because I'm black, they won't hire me. I'm like, you need to be able to show up as you and show all of you. And so if they don't hire you because you're black, you probably didn't want to work there in the first place. So Right, because you're going to show up for work. At some point, they're going to find out that you're black. They will have to see you, right? <laughs> At some point, they're going to find out. You're going to have to show up. And then it's going to be really uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I, you just made me think about, you know, a topic is like, should I even care about being liked? You know, I think that's kind of a, a misconception that like, kind of what you just said, people are you know, trying to navigate how do I make people like me instead of just presenting who they are. And it's like, look, take it or leave it because you can't control that. You can't. And I always say if, if you are being authentic, it's going to ward off opportunities that you are not even aligned with in the first place. Right. And so I think it's important for people to just get comfortable with themselves and Stop being in this, I have to be that fit for them. Because what happens is when you find yourself always having to feel like I have to be a whole nother way, you find yourself having to live your life 
your whole life and it's this mask that you're wearing and now you look back and it's been 10 years and you have built a career that you don't even like because you find yourself for one trying to squeeze into spaces that are too small probably and then it's just not being it's just not seeing the value that you have because I tell anybody anytime you feel like you have to be something else or someone else other than who you are it's because that you don't feel like you are you know it or whatever right so I think it's important for people for one to just get comfortable with who you are I love that uh, I just want to pick up on everything you're saying, but we got to move on. We're going to go into our next segment, okay. which is, I want to get your opinion. I want to get your perspective talking about some current events. So according to a survey cited by Fast Company, only 20% of their respondents shared their layoff with their future employers. Is there a stigma to being laid off? Like, Should people go into interviews trying to make up some other crazy story? Because I some of my clients have actually said that, like, I don't want to say, you know, that I was laid off or I was let go. What's your perspective on that? I would say in the last three years with COVID, I mean, it's a pretty normal thing. I don't think it's something that you you need to try to curate some kind of story or lie about. It's pretty like it's really, unfortunately, it's the norm right now. And so I don't think that you have to go in and try to think real hard about, you know, some excuse. And so but again, like I said before, it's it's you feeling like even though you have like right now, you don't have a job. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you, right? And so I think it's important for people, if you are fired or or whatever, to not think it's something wrong with you. And so a lot of the a lot of these feelings that people tend to feel, it's because it's in here. It's just straight, just you know, mindset stuff. And sometimes it's just business. And I'm sure you know that, yeah. and I know that too. You know, I say that all the time because you know I have contractors and. Sometimes there are ebbs and flows in the business and sometimes you have budget for them and sometimes you don't. And so basically a company is just experiencing that on a bigger scale. And so how do we get people to understand that like it's sometimes it's not personal. Most times it's not personal. But how do you how do you help people with the mindset shift that they picked me like they put me on the list for whatever reason? Something I did, something I didn't do. I think a lot of, it just comes from people, for one, not being focused on their success. People tend to get these jobs and then they get head down and they all they do is work, 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 work. And they're so focused on their success, right? Or, or the actual job success. And they don't think about their success. And I tell people... Always be more loyal to you. I'm a hard believer. Hey, I believe that if you have a job, you should work hard. But I feel like if you get so consumed with doing everything that they would have you to do and you don't remember, I have a career, this job is not going to last always. And you get into the mindset of realizing like, as I build success for them, I need to build success for me. Then I feel like when people are laid off out the blue, it won't be as much as a blow. I mean, because it's going to be a blow, it hurts, right? But I think that if people can just get in the habit of just trying to maintain and not feel like the only time that they think about a career is when it's time to look for a job. But I think when people start to get into the habit of always making sure that they're able to to create opportunities for themselves, I think it won't be such a blow. And they'll start realizing, hey, even though this has happened, I'm good. In the same way I found this job, I can find me something else as well. So 
That's preparation. A, yeah. <laughs> Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Basically. <laughs> so at the end of uh, 2022, there were 360,000 layoffs. Yet 260,000 jobs were created at the same time. What are your predictions for the recession? Like what will happen with the job market for these high performing leaders? I believe that you will start seeing a lot more like contract positions. You'll start seeing a lot of like, you know, consultant roles. Because the reality is, is though a lot of layoffs have happened, the work is still there. So it has to get done. And so a lot of times they will hire on for these certain roles because they don't have to pay as much as they would for that full-time spot. And so I tell people, you know, if you do desire a certain job title or a certain role, I think that's great. But also start seeing how you're able to maybe take your expertise yourself and just monetize that. It doesn't take that much to become an actual, you know, freelancer, right? And I think if people start thinking a little bit outside of the box and, and stop thinking that, having that standard nine to five job is, is the only way to be successful. I think that alone can open up a lot of doors for him. Right. Uh, somebody in the comments said, Alicia said, give me my coins earlier. <laughs> when you spoke up for yourself, you said, give me my right. That's great advice for, as we go into this recession and we don't know what's about to happen. It's like, how can you monetize your expertise? Like think outside the box. It might not be that W2 anymore. I'm telling you, <laughs> it might and, be and that's why it's, it's good to get clear on your expertise. Like, start thinking about well, what is it that you do at your job, the problems that you solve, right? And I say all the time, when it comes to just overall business, for the most part, people have the same problems that need to be solved. Now, of course, the actual, I guess the whole scope of it may change, but overall, they have sales problems. They have actual marketing problems. They have, everybody got the same problems. And so you got to really get clear on what is your expertise? What are those high-end demand skills? And start to explore other opportunities. Yes, ma'am. And I totally forgot, guys. Drop some questions. Let us know if you got anything uh, specific you want us to answer about anything we've said. I said I was going to drop the link to my podcast. <laughs> I ain't done that yet. She said I ain't done it yet. If you still rocking with us. <laughs> we got some folks. I'm just going to drop the comment off, over on LinkedIn so that you guys... Because today is a special feature if you're just joining. I'm hanging out with one of my fellow career coaches. So she'll be a, a, a special feature in the podcast. But if you want to go ahead and listen to my episode, I did my own episode about my smart career money move. And that's what all of my podcast guests will be talking about. So I went ahead, wanted to go ahead and drop that link. But I got one more contra semi-controversial question for you, Alicia. <laughs> okay. Because it is Women's History Month. Do you believe that gender equity and pay equity, is that achievable? Like, is or is it one of those buzzy topics that people are just posting on LinkedIn for likes? Like, is it real? I have mixed feelings about this, right? Because I do believe that, especially in like corporate, try to be careful how I say this. I do believe that there is an actual system, right? As if there is a system in all kinds of parts of life. And so I do not think that when that, that actual system was made, I do not feel like that we, whether you're, you're black or you are a woman or just, or of any other race, I feel like that it wasn't, that we were not in mind, right? And so I feel like, do I think that the actual system can be changed? Maybe. 
but I don't think that people need to wait on the change. And I say that because I feel like people sometimes can sit around and wait for this big, huge thing to change, right? You know, over the last three years with COVID, right? And just with on the news and you're seeing, you know, us being killed on, it's just a lot, right? And so though a whole lot of, I guess, fuss has happened and you've seen all kind of new groups get started, when you sit back and really think about, has anything changed? Has has anything changed? And so I think right now there's there is some noise, but I can't truly say that I've seen change. And I think it's kind of the same way with this, you know, not you wanting to sit back and wait for that to happen. But it's important for you, especially when you're looking for a job to go and find spaces where they want you at. And I tell people, you know, because I do know that there are people out there who who fight for our rights and I thank God for them. This is my opinion. I'm not going to bust down any door. That's just me, right? But and but I feel like what I'm going to do is walk in those doors that are open for me. <laughs> and so I really think it just depends on you and like the fight that you have on the inside of, of you. But as far as, as if I think this stuff means something, I want to say yes and then I want to say no. But I feel like, you know, when it comes to us having equal pay, I feel like every time you speak up for yourself, every time you ask for a raise, every time you know how much that actual skill set is worth and you almost not force them to have you pay but when you just when you stand up for yourself you allow the other person who will come to also have that same right too so I gotta have mixed feelings about that so I agree with you it's just a different way of fighting right exactly I'm 100% aligned with you I'm not gonna be out marching because (laughs) there's a, a more productive way for me to use my time and like you I'd rather fight by, you know, making a pathway for somebody else to know that it's possible and to be able to come in. Cause that's like, we all have our own. Starting your business. Yeah. We all have our different contributions. It's like, as long as you're contributing in your own way, but I agree with you sometimes, you know, with all these different topics, it's like the system is not going to change. What are you going to do? Cause your problem is still there. (laughs) Whether or not the system changes, it ain't going to change in your lifetime and you still going to have this problem. So you got to figure out how to navigate it. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And it's important for you to find out what's, what's the part you play, right? Because I do think those people who march and things like that, they have a part. Like even with these particular videos, we would have never known about this stuff happening if they didn't make a huge, I don't want to say fuss about it, but you know what I mean? If it wasn't so loud, you know what I mean? And so I do think that they have a part to play. And so I think you got to decide what part do you want to play? So. Yeah. So when we started the episode, if you're just here, just joining us live, Alicia shared with us that her smartest career money move was speaking up for herself. And so what do you have to say? First share with us the results that you've seen and how you've seen your life flourish through speaking up for yourself? And then what do you say to someone who's struggling with that? Yeah. So, you know, for one, being able to advocate for yourself, it'll open up doors you thought were closed. (laughs) People a lot of times tend to think that they can't have something and there's no other evidence or proof that says that it's just simply because of what they think will happen. And so for myself, when I started to really speak up for myself, I started for one to realize that everybody wasn't so against me as I thought. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I had to realize that everybody can't read my mind. And it changed my life, not just on my job, but in my marriage, with my friends, things of that sort. Because I tell people how you are at work is not how you are at work. It's how you are. And so when you start to really have a habit of advocating for yourself, you'll do it in every area of your life. Like, like I, I tell my clients all the time, if it scares you to ask for hot fries, if you're like, no, these fries are kind of cold. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm like, if you can't ask for hot fries, then a raise. Do you think that you're going to ask for a raise? Right? So it's important for you to start small. And so when you do have to ask for a raise or if there's something happening at work, when you find yourself having to say something, it won't be a scary thing because you being able to advocate for yourself is something that you do in every day life. And so I think it's about people being able to build habits and then the advice that I would give somebody is that if you are scared to speak up for yourself, ask yourself, what is it going to actually cost me to not say something? And I think that's really important, you know, because that fear comes from you are more concerned about what the other side is going to say, think or feel. And you have ignored your expectations and needs. So I think that when you start to kind of shift the focus back on you and say, hey, if I don't advocate for myself in this area, what does that mean for me? I think that that's going to help a lot, too, because eggs, bread, bread, milk, gas is expensive. So <laughs> when you start realizing, wait a minute, I need to ask for for this raise, right? Because it's not about me. It's about me being able to provide for my family. That's going to help you a lot. <laughs> and hanging around with people like me and Alicia, we can help you understand that from a business perspective, no one's going to just dish out money. Right. Just right. No exactly, one's going to just exactly. dish out money. So if you have accepted what they're putting in front of you, they're going to continue to write that same check amount until they're forced to do something else. And sometimes that force is you. Right. Exactly. And I tell people, you know, when you do accept a job offer and you're not happy with that offer, right? Because I do know that there are times in, your, in life where you may, you're in straight survival mode. Like Alicia, I got kids to take care of, right? So you may accept the role that you're not happy with, right? But you got to know what was the mindset when you accepted that role? Was the mindset of, okay, I'm going to get this job so I can look for something better and I won't be as stressed out? Or is the mindset of, hey, I'm going to make sure in the next six months I'll look back and see the results that I brought forth in this position and see if I can ask for a raise. But don't accept an amount and then turn around and complain about the amount that you accepted. That doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, when it comes to you accepting a job offer, you have a choice. You do. Thank you for giving people that license to make that decision. Me and Alicia could go on and on and on all day, y'all. You already know, okay? <laughs> they, uh, Jewel says she loves the hot fries analogy. I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> being afraid to being afraid to send your food back yeah. when the order is wrong. No, it's like send it and back. I'm like you, you, you pay for you the pay food. for it. <laughs> it need to be it need to be right. <laughs> <laughs> but Alicia, where can we find you? Where can we support you? How can we join your communities? 
Yeah, so um, I am on a LinkedIn. Well, I'm really on LinkedIn, TikTok, but I'm everywhere. But my main jam is LinkedIn. So you can definitely find me on there. I do go live um, every Tuesday at 8.30 Central Standard Time. So you can definitely hop on on one of my, my live streams. I have a podcast called Career Revamp that drops a new episode every Thursday. So you can find more content for me. And I also have um, a tribe. So I have exclusive content that I send out every week. So you can go in and sign up for that at careerT.me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alicia. It was so much You're fun. Welcome. Awesome. See y'all later next week. Bye. Bye y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode as much as I did, be sure to hit the subscribe button, leave a five-star review, or share this podcast with those in your network that are striving to make smart career and money moves. Till next week. Bye.